Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministries. This is season four, episode 15, Step Up to the Man God Calls You to Be. We did something similar to this years ago, but we thought we needed to do it again because, honestly, men aren't stepping up as they should be, being the heads of the household, probably because, one, they don't know what that means, and two, they want to domineer everything, and that's not what God said. So we're going to talk about that today, what it means to be the head of the household, how you do it. Where, where is the um, instruction manual for it, which is all obvious. So we're going to start here with uh, Psalms 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers live, toward, live together in harmony. It is like a fine oil on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's uh, beard over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. Or the Lord is bestowed blessings of life evermore. What that means is the oil falls from the head as what God gives man instruction that goes to the head of the household and he brings it down to his family. It's a metaphor. If somebody hasn't known that before, that's what it is, a metaphor. We're going to expand on these and much more of what the authority entails. One, God is first in the husband's heart and the center of the Two, pray always and have family devotion time. And finally, number three, obviously family first. Start off, number one, God, go to God in prayer. To do anything for the Lord, it has to, he has to be involved. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 24. But seek his first kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, 33. And finally, Acts 10, 2. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayer, prayed to God regularly. <coughs> yes. So in the family unit, this is the way God created it to be, is the man is the head of the household. And it doesn't mean, like Donnie said, he's domineering and everything is all about him because that's not the way it should be. And we're going to read uh, some verses in Ephesians chapter 5 that state that. Because as you recall, it's symbolic of how the Lord was. And how was the Lord? Well, he wasn't selfish. No, or he wouldn't have came down and died on the cross. No, he was selfless. And he gave himself. He sacrificed himself for the church, which is us. And so... Yes, he is the head of the household. That means he's supposed to lead the household in a godly way. Christ has to be the center of his heart. Then Christ has to be the center, first and foremost, of the, the, the wife and in the children. And oil flows down from the head. So it's first and foremost in the husband. But then he, Christ is a sinner and he runs everything in the household. Everything is controlled by what does God want us to do? Because God is not going to fail us. After all, he died for us. 
And so he's going to lead you in the right way to go. Because after all, he says in his word, he knows the end from the beginning. So as Donnie said, what do you do? You follow the instruction manual, which is the word of God. He's going to tell you his promises. He's going to tell you his promises to stand on. He's going to give you instructions. And you're going to read about people in the Bible and how they messed up and what happened because you reap what you sow. And so we're going to read um, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 23, 21 through 33. And you could follow along in your Bible as we read. But this is basically telling how the wife should submit to their husband as to the Lord. That means she's not going to be doing anything illegal because anything, you know, God wouldn't want you to do what you don't do. Um, but as to the Lord and husbands are supposed to love their wife as Christ loved the church. It means it was a sacrificial church love. You know, he put us before himself. So the husband is supposed to put the wife and his family before himself. So we're going to read um, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31, 21. 21 through 33. Okay, moving on here. Um, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as the Lord, as the Lord, for the husband be the head of the wife, of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which is, is he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, see also why she submits to her husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by washing with the water through the words and present herself to himself. As a glorious church without stain or wrinkle or such blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He loves his wife, loves himself. Indeed, no one ever hated his own body, but nourishes and cherishes it, such as Christ does the church. For we are members of his holy body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and he shall become one flesh. And the mystery is profound, but I am speaking about Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each one of you must love his wife as he loved himself. So, Donnie, please tell our audience, okay, this is all Bible verses, but in everyday life, what does that mean, and how do you live that out? Well, it's just that simple. It's not really a hard concept. I mean, God intended this centuries ago when he created Adam and Eve. He's not saying the man comes in there, tells his wife what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and if, he, if she doesn't, he beats the hell out of her. No, that's not it. He's supposed to make decisions that benefits the family. That's what the key word is, benefit. Benefit his wife and benefit his children if he has any. Or just benefit his wife. They are two. They are one flesh. That doesn't mean the wife uh, sits at home all day cooking dinner with a wife, husband's at work or doing God only knows what, but God only knows who. That's not the case. He never said that in the Bible. It says right there, black and white, what it says in the Bible. That's the instruction. You don't go out and say, oh, man, she looks good. Because that's already committed adultery in God's eye. You don't look at other women like you look at your wife. You love your wife. How is that loving your wife when you look at another woman? It's not. He said, love your wife as you love the church. Pure and simple. So, making decisions, is it all 
what the man says goes, or is it a joint decision, but ultimately the, the husband, and is there compromise involved? What that means with that is you talk to your family as a unit. Husband and wife talk and see what, what bills need to come out and so on and so forth. You don't just start making this thing. Well, I think this is my check. I'm going to go out and get what I want and forget about the bills. You have no idea what's in that bank account. I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, a man doesn't even know what's in his bank account. The wife, nine times out of ten, does. So that's why you bring your paycheck home, discuss it, and do what needs to be done. Because I, I guarantee you, there ain't a thing in that household that a husband bought. I guarantee you that. Women always buy everything for the household. Men, we just buy the stupidest crap and cherish it. Women, if it wasn't for women, we would probably wouldn't have a couch or a refrigerator or food in, in, in food in the refrigerator. We buy the stupidest crap and think, oh, this is awesome, like TVs. Men will go out and buy the biggest plasma screen TV that we could possibly find. And women's like, what are you doing? We have bills we got to pay. We don't think about that. We just think about our toys, which is why God created women in the first place. Help us. Because we can't help each other. We can't help our and we are, we think with one head, and that's it. <clears throat> women think with their entire body. That's why I thank God every day that He created women to keep us. In. Yeah. So, um, yes, the husband is the head of the household, and but he doesn't make these decisions solely on his own. It should be a joint decision. In everyday life, with bills, with purchases. You don't just go off, you know, I'm the head of the household, I'm doing this, what I say goes. No, it is a joint decision because the two became one. And Donnie just read that. They become one flesh. So you don't do anything. You don't divide yourself. No, you keep the unity. How good and pleasant it's in Psalm 133, it says, when brothers live together in unity. Okay, so it is a joint decision, but you do you do have to submit under the Lord, under the husband, as the way God wants you to be. Bottom line, plain and simple, God didn't make men to be dictators. He made men to be leaders of the household, come to a unanimous and consensus decision about everything. We listen to our wives about what they think. The husband has a final decision of what he thinks is best. He takes all input into consideration. Just like a boss when he runs a company. He takes every decision, every every comment to heart, and he makes it a formal decision after that. So when it comes to faith, oil flows down from the head, and God wants to be first in everybody's heart. So when it comes to faith, and how you, you know you want your family to be loving and serving the Lord and going to church. How is that played out with the man as the head of the household? Well, if anybody read the Bible, which I honestly not a, not an expert in, which nobody nobody's an expert. But God, Jesus always went out to his out to the people and start talking. And nine times out of ten, he was speaking. That's the way it was back then. He was speaking to men. A 
of crowds of men, and he gave the message to them, and they in turn went home and gave the message to their families. That's the way it always was back then, because women were at home at night. That was uh, that was a tradition back then, which obviously times has changed, and everybody's out of their house working, husbands and wives both. But <clears throat> a man is supposed to share the message of God with their wives, with their families. That's why God, Jesus was actually preaching to everybody and men, and they went home and told their wives. Yes, but there, there was, there, there, it wasn't just that. There was times where he was preaching to whole crowds of everybody. Uh, remember when he fed the 5,000, um, okay, that was just naming 5,000 men. There was women and children. So actually that number was more and greater than that. Um, and what his whole, Donnie's whole point is, is faith needs to be set by the husband. We, this is the way we're going to be. Does he make his wife accept the Lord? No, but he, sh uh, he should make that decision before they get engaged. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? That's in the Bible. Um, and so first and foremost, you don't get married to, to an unbeliever. What do unbelievers and believers have in common? That's in the word of God. And so we're supposed to come out from them and be separate. So it causes division when there's one wants this and one wants that. One doesn't want to follow God and one does. Okay, simply I'm sorry, but God comes first and he wants to come first in your heart. So if your spouse to be is not a believer, uh, you don't marry them in hopes to change them. No, they should be a believer first because that is going to divide your household. So with that said, they're believers. They should want to go to church with you. It shouldn't be, yes, you're going to church. No. It should be something that you just want to do because your spouse, your husband, your wife should already be a believer because God says up front, come out from them and be separate. It means don't talk to any, it doesn't mean don't talk to any unbelievers in the world. It says don't make your everyday life united with them. That's what he's talking about. And in the household, God's love will dictate everything. As you read in 1 Corinthians, okay, that's the love chapter. Love isn't rude, okay? Love doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up, okay? So read that. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I would suggest you read that because it also says love never fails. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Uh, and long story short on this, God also said, two people should not be unequally yoked, which goes along with what my lovely wife said, uh, that one person believes and another person that doesn't believe, they will never make it. So we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to play a song called Courageous by Pastor Graham. We'll be right back. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. 
Now we're watchers on the sidelines While our families slip away Where are you men of courage? You were made for so much more We hope you enjoyed that song by Casting Crowns called Courageous. That reminds me of that movie that my wife and I saw a while back. Uh, it's about a father who's wanting to be a better father and tries to hold himself accountable by making a contract. It's called, the movie's called Courageous. And it's about a father, like I said, who decides to become a better father after his daughter passes away from a horrible accident. 
And he's like, well, I want to be a better man. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. So he wants to spend more time with Joe. He makes a contract saying that he wants going to be held accountable if he doesn't do everything that he promises, which honestly, every man should do that. How do we do it? Simple, by going to the Bible and going to God in prayer and learning how to do it. Because we can't do it on our own. We can't really do anything on our own without God being involved. Which comes to my next point. Number two, pray always and have family devotions. Rely on the Holy Spirit to help us remember what the Lord has already done for us. The pain, the beatings, the cross, he will not leave you helpless. Go to him for everything, as I just said. Rejoice at all times, pray without ceasing, give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. Trust in the Lord in all situations, even tough times may get hard. He will not let you down. He is faithful and never forsaken. Yes, so um, he wants you to go to him and ask questions. You remember the story of Ruth, Naomi and Elimelech. They lived in Bethlehem, meaning place of bread. <coughs> that was their people. And there was a famine in the land. Okay, sometimes you're, sometimes you're going to feel like God is silent. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes you're going to feel like things are not going right. But unless you have it here in your spirit, you need to do this and you're going to know. It's just going to be annoying deep down in your gut. You're going to know, okay, I think God wants to do this. And then he'll also confirm it. They didn't do that. They didn't inquire of God before they left. They just up and left. Okay, so if God hasn't told you to leave, then you stay where you are because you're going to have good times and bad times everywhere you are. But in making and and even making decisions, big purchases, small purchases, go to God in prayer because sometimes He might want you to wait. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's this isn't the right time. You'll see because God is an Ephesians three twenty God. He can do better than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. So they didn't ask. So they moved to Moab, meaning, who's your daddy? It's like leaving and turning away from your salvation, going back to your life of sin, which you beg God to get you out of. Okay, this is what happens. And so, hey, even Paul says, in, in either First or Second Corinthians, he says that, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial because you're going to reap the consequences of your actions. And she lost, Naomi lost her husband and her two sons there. And so always go to God in prayer. That's just a perfect example of making a decision without the Lord involved. And so trust him, trust him, go to him in prayer. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 10 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That part that right there means we don't always have to understand his ways. And we don't always have to try to figure it out. He doesn't tell us to. He tells us to trust him anyway. Um, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will bring healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. And honor the Lord with your wealth. And the first fruits of all your harvest. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You see, that also means God comes first in your finances. If you're putting fear, well, I may not have enough. It means you're trusting in your money 
more than you're trusting God. Holding back on your tithes and offerings is not trusting God. It's putting your paycheck before and your bills before God. That's simple as I can explain it. And so you cannot outgive God and you will never be able to outrun his blessings when you put him first. And it's not paying the church. No. If you read on through Paul's writings, he says, I believe in the book of Philippians that you're sharing. So we share in everything that the that the church is doing. It takes money to operate that that hall that, that that they're renting or that that church house that they bought it takes money to pay on that it takes money for the utilities it takes money to pay all the different salaries but not only that as we tithe the church also has ministries places that they tithe to and so you may not be there physically if they're if they're giving money to a missionary in Europe you may not be able to be there physically but you're there spiritually so it's sharing in God's kingdom work and read, read in the New Testament about how the stories of the people and how they shared everything that they had. When you put God first, as we read in Matthew 6, 33, you'll never be able to outrun God's blessings. And as this verse just said, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You will have more than enough. That's right. <clears throat> Seek the Lord, all you humble la uh, the land, you who do what uh, he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Zephaniah 2.3 <clears throat> God, he will punish us when we don't do what he says. We may not, the punishment may not be understood at the time, but you'll eventually get it when you understand that, well, he didn't tell you to do that. Here in Temple, that things will get rough, but he also is a merciful God. We all have to be punished at some point or another. Which brings me to my final point, number three, family first before others. And what does that mean? Well, your family always comes first and foremost right after God, right after Jesus, because God, Jesus gave you, and God gave you your life. He gave you your family. So you should be thanked for everything that he has done for us. So um, tell the people what that means and, and, and means if you're always going off, and this is for the wife too, okay? It's not just for the husband. Um, if you're always going off with your friends and you're never having time, alone time with your husband and with your family to do family things, or if the boss is always calling you to work late and work overtime, and then you're missing out and canceling family times. So what does that mean in, in regards to all of that? Well, pretty simple and self-explanatory. You have to have family time no matter what. And if your wife feels neglected, and the guy, he's not going to know. He isn't going to have a damn clue. Because of women, we can't feel what women feel. <clears throat> we think in other ways, and women think with their heart. We have no idea what's on your mind. We are incapable of knowing what's on your mind, especially when the wife says, well, I, you should have known me. You know me. Trust me, woman. We have not a damn clue. 
I guarantee if you went to the salon, got your face done, got your hair done, bought a new outfit, and you come home expecting your husband to say something to you, he's not. He has not a clue of what you just did. And so he's like, well, why didn't he notice? Because we are incapable of noticing. My wife always tells me I do a man look. Yeah, so in other words, putting it simply, it means that you got to tell your boss no sometimes. Like, hey, look, um, you know, I value this job and you can tell them in a respectful way. Uh, I value this job and, and I, you know, I want to do my part, but I can't continually be staying late and doing overtime because I'm going to lose my family. Um, you know, yes, I need the money to support them, but if I don't have a family, I won't need the money to support them. Uh, because I need to spend, I need to have my family time, and this has taken all my time away. Um, my job is not first. My family and my God is first. And sometimes you just got to tell it plain and simple. And, you know, in a respectful way so you don't get fired. But you do got to make time for your family. You got to learn to balance everything. And, or you won't have that. And especially kids growing up, make time to spend time with your, you and family activities, go to their baseball games. Because if you always think that you have to work to get ahead, guess what? That child is going to grow up and resent the mom or the dad that they never had, that never came to their recitals, that never came to their games. Be a part of your children's life before they're not children anymore. And then they grow up to regret it. <clears throat> yeah, but I was also saying that a man ain't going to notice unless the wife knows. We're going to be working. We're going to make that money. But like my wife said, is that, well, what's the point of money if you don't have a family to support? But also, I was making a point, too, that we, we don't notice everything that women notice. Man, they can have a new outfit, and we think, well, uh, they already have that outfit, and they're going to say no. You know, call them because we don't know. We don't buy half the stuff that goes in the house. But moving on. Matthews, uh, Matthews nine sixteen so, says, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And Malachi two fourteen says, you ask why it is because the Lord is a witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, your wife, your covenant marriage. Colossians three fourteen and fifteen says. All over these virtues put love, put on love, which is uh, which is the bond of perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. For this you will call as a member of one body and be thankful. And finally, Timothy, First uh, Timothy five eight. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those in his household, he is denied the faith and worse as worse than an unbeliever. <clears throat> Bottom line is, like we said before, two goes along with that verse. Two people that are unequally yoked, in other words, two people that don't believe in the same values, the same principles as God laid in the Bible, will not last. And so, in all of this, the man has to be the godly man of the household. And he has to lay down the, the instructions of the Lord for his family that we're going to serve the Lord. Remember what Joshua said? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you have that same instruction in your family, in your household, men? And that means 
you you love you let love go before you in all that you do you're not doing it in a hateful controlling way but you're talking together as a husband and a wife united you make decisions together but you do it going to the lord first that's what we the verses that we read were it's seek the lord we can seek his counsel always, pray continually, and about everything, about every situation, every circumstance. Go to God first, because when you're doing it God's way, it's going to succeed. And so, and let love, love go before you. Let love, let everything be done in love. The Bible says that. And it says to love one another as I have loved you. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? Because love isn't selfish. It's not self-seeking. It does not. It's parade itself in some versions. Or another word, version that it says it's not puffed up. That means all proud. Pride is not from God. God opposes the proud. Read the book of James chapter 4. Uh, he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So love has to be the center and love leads and, and it's the love of god that we're talking about and your family will be one of peace your family will be one of unity and you follow the lord's commands you are also going to be a family that's blessed i hope you've enjoyed this podcast today and this is the end of our season four and we are going to be taking some time away but as always, we will be back. But you can go to our website, yournewlifeministries.org. Hey, and start pulling up. We have four seasons now. So you can go back up and pull up some of the older seasons. And listen to them while uh, we are preparing for our next um, season. Season five is all about growth. It's going to be all about things and areas that you need to grow in. So be looking forward to that. And please go to our website on our contact us page. Send us your prayer requests and questions because questions, hey, we might just air on Talk Time with Donnie and Sandy, our new YouTube channel. And here is Donnie for some more updates. Yeah. My wife just designed a new uh, journal for teens to help them uh, keep, uh, keep and stay on track in God's directions. It is called I Believe Journal for Teens. It will track actions at, at home and at school, learn uh, through their mistakes to please God. Pages of the journal have Bible verses. And two, the father he never knew he needed is coming out shortly. <clears throat> Which is an amazing book about uh, about a guy who, uh, well, about a boy who had troubled youth and grew up without a father and he just had a terrible time and realized that he didn't really think he needed a father because he said he was living fine. But as he grows and as he learns through his trials and tribulations, he finally realizes that he needed a father and his father all the time that he needed was God and he just wasn't listening. Check that book out shortly. It's coming out. And all of our other books, they're doing tremendously well. So thank you for all that your all your support and gratification on everything that we're doing. And uh, always remember, you know you got this when you let God lead the way. Talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye.